a morning walk in darkness. Sitting together. In darkness. Sun has not risen. Candles still burning, emitting light. Each of us alive, seeing, hearing, thinking, because of our Buddha nature. Good morning across the miles and right here and now. What the Buddha said of our true nature, the true nature, no, the true I am is so unbelievably empty. It's so free of everything you thought you were. It has no limitation. It has no definition. Any definition would be a disservice to what you are. Letting go of accumulated knowledge helps the identity shift from me-self to the no-self-self called awakening. So when we do a retreat, however long, it's like a spiritual bath. a cold rub down. Those were the Buddha's words. And some other words I'd like to read to you about Young Men Zhongzhen. Young Men Zhongzhen is an unusual path to happiness. <laughs> Not many people do it. <laughs> it doesn't encourage you to strive for things or manipulate people or change yourself into a more polished version of you. Instead, it suggests a way to approach happiness by unbuilding, unmaking, tossing overboard, 
and generally subverting unhappiness. Letting it go. Over time, practice beyond what we can imagine. We have to approach our life more as a work of art. We have to approach our life more as a work of art. We learn to light up a life that has been dormant in us. We have faith in the possibility of transformation, even if we are trying to address unclear or apparently insoluble, insolvable problems. So, how wonderful to approach everything we do as part of our being artists. So, speaking of that, the one of our customs, as those of you who know who've been around, is that we have sangha gatherings each season. And some years ago, I was preparing the dining room of the temple. Usually we decorate. I remember one sangha meeting it was the annual Sangha meeting. It was the year of the tiger, so we made a big tiger for the wall. And it stayed up for the whole year. It was really lovely to have that tiger there. Yeah, one of our Dharma students at the time painted it. He was really good. And we would often gather flowers that are available in the garden, blooming in that season, and decorate. So it was a fall that I want to talk about, just like now. And one of the things that we had growing in the garden a lot before our new building kind of changed some of the plants was that we had a lot of asters uh, growing. And they've been there for years and years. And so I watched them because I always walked by them in the fall time. They're in bloom right now. And so I got to know what asters are like, when they would come, how long they would last, how they would go, and how beautiful they were, beautiful they were in arrangements. So, for the Sangha gathering this day, I got 
a whole stem. I picked the aster from near the root, and there was a big clay jar that had been made with um, a string of clay. What's it called? Coil. Coil. Yeah, it was gray. It's about this big. So I put this aster, which was very big and very beautiful in full bloom, in this clay pot and put it right beside the dining room table. And it was kind of all that we needed in decoration hmm. at that time. And so we had our service and we had our meal together and we had our spontaneous entertainment. And actually, we went on and on with that aster in the coil pot with our meals, because that was, that was the dining room. And I kind of neglected the, the, I neglected the aster and did not water it. And one day I saw that it had just fallen right over. And I thought, oh, drat. But then I remembered when it gets really dry in the fall, Asters do fall over, but when rain comes again, they perk up. So I thought, I'm going to try to water it again and see if it'll give me another chance. So it was just kind of lying there, withered. And I put some water in that coiled clay pot. And what do you know? The aster came back beautiful. Asters are really spunky, it turns out. And the reason I knew, because I watched it. And when it would get laying down, when the rain came, it would perk up again. So I feel like all of us have the quality to perk up again and to be much more than we thought when we throw ourselves into Youngman Junction. It feels like it's, um, you know, I mean, we get tired, we get sore. The work seems to be quite challenging sometimes. The whole thing. But it's a process of really watering our essential spunkiness, our real true nature. We always have more energy than we think. But we have to compose ourselves. You know, sometimes we think, I'm tired, I'll go to sleep. Right? I do that. But I've also found, I'm tired, I need to focus a little more. And when I really concentrate and work with that, I perk up again. So we get energy from our practice, even chanting. Ah, I don't know about chanting. We start and we perk up again. So all of these practices are about perking us up in a beautiful way to realize that we are so much more than we imagine ourselves as we drag ourselves around. There's um, one of our members up in Lorien in the Upper Peninsula. Sung Yu, I wonder if you're with us right now. 
I know you're older than me, you're about 80 years old, and you've got every kind of health problem, and you've got a wife who has every kind of health problem, and she also does not speak English, so you and, you and your wife have quite a time together, and I know you are, you really depend on your practice every day, and you see your work as taking care of her, while you have so much to take care of yourself. And I think you're alive and spunky because of your practice, and because you really feel good about the weight that you carry. It, to you, it's like a privilege to take care of Maria, your Russian wife. No, I think she's Ukrainian. I better get that right. So I, I encourage us to follow in Sangyu's uh, example. Lots of times he says in response to his situation, 